Hey, welcome to Decaf, a familiar face and a guest. Not too familiar. Not too familiar. Um, Justin, thanks for hopping on here with me today. This is fun. It's nice to occasionally be invited. <laughs> hey, I like it when you and I do this together because you don't insult me as much as Mark does. Now, guys, don't don't get off thinking that he's like the best boss ever and is so kind <laughs> to me all the time because he roasts me every chance that he gets via text. But in the public eye, he's pretty nice. So I'll take it. Got to keep up it. appearances, right? Yeah, seriously, I'll take it when I can get it. Um, Justin, actually, though, I will hat tip him because he sent me an article earlier this week that's going to be the first thing we talk about today which is the very cool thing and and you Justin as the boomer as I like to call you boomer in your mindset this is um this whole innovation and autonomous society thing I'm glad that you think it's cool and not get off my lawn Amazon is testing out these delivery bots in Franklin and it's the coolest thing I've ever seen it is really cool and by the way, you didn't ask me like you always ask Mark. Oh, yeah. But what are you drinking? Like a typical millennial, I'm drinking my cold brew this morning. Not iced coffee, actually cold brew. There's a difference. I'm going to be honest. When you held it up before we started, I thought it was like that a soft drink. Is Coke? Well, wouldn't put it past you. But I thought it might be like a soft drink, like you were going full boom or like drinking your caffeine-free Diet Coke. Nope. You're drinking cold brew. Cold brew. Well, cheers. Cheers. Um, so back to the but that that brings up a good point. So is this bot that Amazon is using? Is it going to deliver like food? Like could it deliver cold brew to Louisiana Avenue? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the kind of goal is that unlike a human that would bring food to your door, this bot would. And they're they're fairly small right now. I mean, it's this it's a small robot like R two D two. And so it like rolls up and it'll deliver food, it'll deliver groceries, deliver uh, your prescriptions, whatever. And so they're testing these in Franklin. I think only two places uh, in America that they're testing, I believe Atlanta or like around Atlanta area and in Franklin, Tennessee of all places, but it's really cool. So it's, you know, to try to get an experience with uh, a small suburban type town and, to see if they can can make this work and they don't go fast they like go up and down the sidewalk they only go i think 11 miles an hour or something but they know how to migrate around you so you don't have to like sidestep it it actually stays out of your way and i think it's a fascinating uh, development that could really impact a lot of people's lives in a positive way I love it so much. It really is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. It's like, it's you remember those, um, those little things they used to sell at Lowe's, you could keep your garden equipment in, you could roll it out to the garden and like mm -hmm. open it up and you'd have all your little stuff. It looks like that, but a little more high tech, a little more fancy out of the nineties. I absolutely love it. And I hope that people don't raise hell and get all mad that something's on the sidewalks like they did about scooters. I don't know. It's a little different than scooters. I mean, yeah, there's nimbyism that'll happen. Like, I don't want it that want this. And then you, with any innovation, you have the, that, that knee-jerk reaction that this is bad. But always, when people complained about the scooters, and now when people are going to complain about the Amazon delivery bots, I always point them back to this little article that I found uh, online from the, like, I think it was the, the 1800s that was decrying this terrible, dangerous new invention called the bicycle and how scary and dangerous it was that we will allow people to ride these things. And so 
even the bike had, you know, its detractors early on. And so, yeah, any innovation comes with risk. But this is something that people don't ride. It's not like a scooter. There's not going to be that type of danger. And it's providing a service. I mean, if people have, especially during the age of COVID, when they need their prescriptions and food and groceries delivered to them, this expands those opportunities, perhaps in places that otherwise wouldn't have it. It reduces traffic because mm-hmm. you're not having a physical car yes. uh, bring that to you. For environmentalists, it's much greener than a van or a UPS truck. And Absolutely. so, um, look, I, I mean, there are a lot of upsides to, to innovations like this. And I think it's a pretty cool one to watch. I love it. I'm like, if you can't tell, I'm like borderline giddy about this. I think it's so cool. I think that self-driving cars are cool. I think these little delivery robots are cool. I just can't wait to see what people come up with next because I just think that innovation is so cool. And I'm well, sure- Well, there's this to policy, sorry to interrupt, no, but I'll right. forget it, of course that the reason that this is happening in Franklin is because the state legislature passed a law that of this year that will allow this type of testing like we have with autonomous vehicles and other things. And so if we want to be on the forefront of innovation, let's pass reforms that allow for these types of things while still protecting the safety of citizens, which this does. And so look, I mean, I think one of the reasons that Amazon is bringing this to Franklin is because we've been forethought, you have that foresight uh, as a state. So that's pretty cool too. I love it. That's brilliant. That's so great. I, um, I love my home state of Alabama, but they're very much stuck mm-hmm. in the, like, Do they have cars yet? At, no, horse and buggy, Justin. Horse and buggy. Believe, okay. It. Okay. <laughs> believe it. But they just, they don't do things like this. And that's why I love living in Tennessee. And I love being on the Beacon team because we push these innovative things and we want to see more innovation that makes people's lives easier. What's the point? If we're not making people's lives easier, then what's the point? So right. this is, this is very cool. And I love it. Um, I'm sure we will hear about it a lot on Twitter. Maybe people, the NIMBYs will come out of the woodwork and bash us. Um, but Twitter is actually cracking down right now, bringing us to our second topic. Twitter is deciding to censor some folks. Um, yesterday, the news came out, and I don't want to get down the QAnon rabbit hole because I can and I will just to make fun of <laughs> because I love a good conspiracy theory. I love them. Um, I don't want to get down that, but I do want to talk about how Twitter said yesterday that they are banning QAnon follower users. QAnon is this, um, it's the deep state conspiracy theory that came out, I guess, in 2016. And it's really- Don't taken, ask me. I, yeah. I, I barely, I know it has something to do with pizza. Right. And pedophiles, I think. Yes. Like, Correct. that's the extent of what I know about QAnon. Stay out of it because you will spiral much like I have done. But um, they are, Twitter is banning any user that affiliates themselves with QAnon. And when I saw that, Joe in our office actually sent me the tweet from Twitter support that said they were doing that. And I was curious. And so I know some of the users, I don't follow them, but I know kind of who they are. I started looking them up and their accounts have been banned. And so it raises an interesting point that people say, well, you're stifling my free speech. And I know Justin has some ideals on that. So Justin, what would you say to someone who says, well, they're stifling free speech by doing this, and that's our right. Yeah, so you definitely have free speech rights in this country, but against government, not against private entities. Your First Amendment rights apply to government. And so it is frustrating as sort of a, I mean, as a lawyer and uh, someone who believes so devoutly in our Constitution that that sometimes is 
misinterpreted to apply to entities that it doesn't. That said, that doesn't make censorship a, a positive thing, right? And when you're picking and choosing uh, who can have a voice on your platforms, I think there's a valid argument uh, that that's problematic. It's not unconstitutional, uh, but it is it is bad from, you know, just from a censorship and just a, an exchange of ideas standpoint. Again, I know very little about what QAnon is, but I know that there are other dangerous voices on Twitter. I see them every day. And if Twitter is going to ban dangerous voices, maybe there will be no Twitter. So I just wonder, like, is Twitter jumping the shark here by continuing down this rabbit hole of trying to dictate what is and is not allowed speech um, that, that could hopefully lead to other platforms uh, that are better and have more integrity than Twitter because you know I have very strong thoughts about Twitter. Justin hates Twitter. That's one thing that I love about kind of how we think at Beacon is thinking that two things can be true at the same time. It can be true that you should have free speech and the government should uphold free speech, but Twitter is not government. But also at the same time, Twitter should not censor people or censor everyone. Like both of those things can be true. Twitter's not breaking any laws, but at the same time, they're not doing right. Justin and I are both already on Parlor, so you should follow us. We're really boring on Parlor. <laughs> I don't really... remember my username. But... I don't remember either. I think it's like Beacon CEO or something. And oh, my... it is. That's right. You got me like that's somebody. You, you were Mark one. Told me I to do Beacon CEO. Make it a little more like this is my Beacon opinion, not my personal opinion. And then mine is Taylor Dawson because I have a lot of hot takes that I'm going to put on there. Just Justin Owen there. was taken, so unfortunately I couldn't. Well, myself. maybe it's that like 14 year old Justin Owen that always pops up when you, when we Google search you, he's like very oh, active yeah. on social media or something. There's like, there's literally a 14, like a high school kid named Justin Owen. That's not him. Believe it or not. He's say I look 14. I know he's older than 14. Well, I think that it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in coming weeks of if they choose to ban other quote dangerous voices, like, you know, Antifa tweets out controversial things. Are you going to ban them? everyone's tweeting controversial things. So right. like, who's next? Um, well, um, and that's the beautiful thing about uh, innovation, as we discussed mm -hmm. in, in a previous segment, that if people don't like it, they'll vote with their feet like they do in elections or vote with their tweet in this case, you know, and say, <laughs> I'm going to quit Twitter or I'm going to make my voice heard and then go over to Parler uh, or whatever, you know, whatever other platform exists because Twitter's not the first. And it's certainly not going to be the last platform for, pe for people to voice their opinion. And that's a good thing. Having the, cho the choice to go elsewhere is, is a fundamental value. Yes, it is. And Justin and I actually, this is off topic from what we were going to talk about, but Justin and I went yesterday and got our hair cut by our plaintiff in our home Look business case. How about it? Yeah. Look at us. And while we were there, we have two plaintiffs in our home business case. We know that home businesses are now allowed in Nashville. So we went to our home, got our hair cut. Um, our other plaintiff is a home studio owner. So now we just need to cut a record with him. And I think that our That's title track, I'd say a rap album, and our title track should be something along the lines of vote with your feet or vote with your tweet i don't know justin i don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed i can bust a rhyme so <laughs> i can't you just gotta <laughs> drop the beat or something and i'll right. i'll do this <laughs> yeah um anyway this will be right. officially the worst album in american history not so just rap out rap album it will be the worst album in history yeah. but you gotta be good at something right first place 
is great. Well, yeah, will be, we'll be the worst, what best of the worst. Yes, the whole freedom movement will disown us if we do that. We need to be careful. <laughs> um, so next topic, and I don't know how to transition into this from rap album, but we were kind of as a group yesterday watching um, press con a press conference about the new COVID rules on um, in Nashville, and we we're uh, the mayor was saying we, Mark. Stephanie, Justin, and I were all chatting about it as it was going on, and the mayor was saying that restaurants are going to be closed after 10 p.m. because apparently Corona only spreads after 10 p.m. Like a vampire, it only comes out at night. <laughs> and we were talking about just how absurd this is, which goes back to Justin's whole point that we made at the beginning of this in March. Corona doesn't care if you're an essential employee or a non-essential employee. It doesn't care if your business is a bar or a restaurant or a retail store. It doesn't care if you're trying on clothes or trying them on in the dressing room. All of these things are kind of ridiculous. It's getting to the point where there's just no consistency. In well, that's the problem. And that was the problem we talked about with, you know, designating essential versus non-essential because in fact, you create this false sense of, of security for people that it's safer to go into a crowded grocery store than it is to go into an empty bookstore. And that's just not true. And, and, and so if our policies aren't based off true public health and safety, then they're not going to have the intended result a, and they're also potentially going to create a false sense of security that it's okay to go day drink at a restaurant because as long as I'm done by 10 p.m., then I'm not going to get the virus versus, well, I can no longer go after 10 p.m. because that's when I might be drinking and more susceptible to the virus. It's just not sensical. And so, you know, the mayor has been a colossal disappointment in his leadership on this because he's created such inconsistent rules. We've now gone backwards in Nashville. We went to phase three, which essentially meant that most businesses could be open at certain capacity but then we went back to phase two when we saw a spike and it hasn't changed things that hasn't gone down it hasn't impacted the the cases it hasn't impact our hospitalization rate which is a more important fa factor than purely the number of cases which is driven by testing so all of that aside when you first move back and forth and create inconsistencies and then try to punish certain people and certain businesses by changing those phases. We're not in phase two, we're in modified phase two. So that means all of these other rules and regulations have been thrown on to the situation that are confusing to understand and frankly are nonsensical. What happens in those situations is that people just give up and start ignoring you. Yes. And so if you don't have the leadership to say, this is why we're doing it and why it matters and tie it to the result and then convince people that it's the right thing to do to follow the rules, then you're never going to get this under control um, through, through those types of rules and regulations. And so it's, it's unfortunate because there are so many businesses and people who are devastated by the inconsistent and irrational rules that our city is putting on them. I got really emotional. No, I love that rant because I got really emotional yesterday actually watching the owner of that full throttle bar and grill being shut down by the health inspector. And he was like, are you going to pay my mortgage? Yeah. Like someone has to help me here. And he was being shut down by the health inspector. And it just, it broke my heart because he, you know, 
according to him, he did everything that was asked of him and he was shut down and he, and he's distraught because he needs money to pay his mortgage. And I get it. I, I get it. We're sorry if you hear Henry barking, apparently we're getting a delivery or something, but so this is part of the problem is that you're punishing innocent people and businesses who are following the rules, who are doing their part by imposing additional more stringent regulations on them that make it harder for them to run their businesses while essentially allowing businesses that are flouting the, the laws to continue to do so. I mean, there's really been no effort to enforce the rules on the rule breakers, but they're enforcing it on everybody else. And it's just extremely inconsistent and it's causing more problems than it's solving. And again, it, it's, it's very disappointing to see um, the, the lack of leadership in the city right now. Well, business owners, if you're watching this or listening to this and you're a business owner, we're with you and we, and we feel for you because this is a really hard time. And our whole society is based on the fact that you can run a business and, and do what you want to do and have the freedom to do that carefully, of course, during this time, but we're with you and we, and we feel for you. Um, Last topic of the day also has to do with shutting down, but hopefully not forever. Justin and I were talking yesterday about what is it? The Oakland, is it the Oakland A's that we're doing this? Yeah. So the Oakland A's, you know, it's going to be a weird season for all sports because there aren't going to be fans in the stands largely. And so, you know, having empty stadiums is demoralizing to players and it's just weird for fans to I see on TV. Watch. It doesn't make sure good TV. So what the A's have done is said, if you send us your picture and pay, I don't remember how much it is. It's not a tremendous amount of money. They'll create a cardboard cutout of you and put you in a seat. And if the ball, like a foul ball or a home run, hits your face, essentially, they'll mail you the ball, which is really cool. Like, that's like, I wish the Braves were doing this because we talked about it. We'd yes. get seats together. We'd get season tickets together. Well, I would get season tickets with you guys and our little cardboard cutouts would be all sitting next to each other. That would be so much fun. I, I think it is – so Justin and I are both Braves fans. I'm an Alabama fan. He's a UT fan. We go through this all the time. But we, we're sports fans. Mark is a jazz fan, whatever. We're not really basketball people. But we are baseball people and we're football people. And I just – I think, I mean, I would love a cardboard cutout of myself at Bryant-Denny Stadium or at the new SunTrust Park. I would, I would love that. But I would also, and this is something that Justin and I think might disagree on, is I love sports more than I care about getting corona. So if they, <laughs> if they were to let me in a stadium, I would go. And, and I know that that's a hot take, but I would go. That's what, like, I'm willing to take certain risks, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm being cautious and, you know, when I go out, I wear my mask and I'm just keeping social distancing and that kind of thing. I don't know about being in a crowd. Like if they said you pay double in order to get like, to, we're only going to let half the people in so that you could still kind of sit farther apart yeah. from people. I would definitely do it. But large crowds, particularly in the South, you yeah, know, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I think it, I, I just I'd at least have to wait a little bit longer. Now, if I could get a vaccine where I knew that it was safe and like yeah. the trial runs are good and all of that, and the vaccine comes out and that way I can travel uh, unencumbered or go to sports uh, stadiums unencumbered, I would definitely do it because I'm severely missing travel and I'm severely missing sports. 
but I wouldn't go sit like, you know, shoulder to shoulder with a hundred in the case of, you know, UT well over a hundred thousand people uh, right now. So maybe I would this fall kind of depends on how things shake out, but I'd be a little more cautious than you right now. I'm not like I'm willing to get the, the COVID in order to see a sports team play in person. I'm not, well, I'm not. Kind of am. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, so I'm for the vaccine. My mom works for AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca and Oxford are really close yeah. to, the, to the vaccine. It's been really fun to see. I'm for it. I will, if it happens, I will get it. Nothing about that. But I'm kind of at this point, like, I don't want to get Corona. I don't want to spread it. I am being very, very careful, but I kind of like, I don't know. I'm just like, I want things to be back to normal and I want to watch the tide roll and I want to do the Braves chop and I want to eat dipping dots out of a little Braves hat. I'm just, I got, I got the itch and, um, I just need it. Well, at least we can see it on TV starting Friday. So yes. we're getting close. And I think it. Stephanie said it was weird. Stephanie was watching the other day. She said it was weirdly quiet. I think I might just have to like mute it and turn on music in the background. So it feels like maybe a little normal. I don't know what to do, but pump your own crowd noise and find the YouTube, YouTube yeah. crowd noise, yeah. uh, like video or something. That's funny. At least it's kind of happening. So we can be thankful for that. Things are sort of getting back to normal and um, maybe we can get some cardboard heads next to each other at a Braves game. That would be sick. I'm all for it. That'd be awesome. Well, Justin, any final thoughts for today's decaf? I think I have ran it enough and I'm almost finished with my, my cold brew so this was a great episode yeah this was fun we'll um we'll do it again you're much nicer to me than marcus so we'll do it again thank you for taking the time to be on the show with me and um we'll see you guys next week